Welcome back to the Two Drop the Film Buff podcast. Here we are, Monday. Movie year begins now. We're finally done with thinking about all the great 2019 movies. Um, a lot earlier than uh, previous years, actually. This is the earliest the Oscars, I think, have ever been, or at least have been in my lifetime. Um, I don't know, at one point, it was in like early March, I think, when uh, La La Land and Moonlight were going up against each other. But, um, of course, the Oscars my favorite day of the year. I love the celebration of film we have during the ceremony. Typically, the, some of the, you know, the in-between bits that they do, not necessarily funny or entertaining. The songs that they do, I'm like, ah, we don't need this. I actually quite enjoyed the, the whole presentation last night. I thought the ABC did a really you know, nice job, um, especially without a host. Although I will say, I think next year they do need to they, they need to have a host. Uh, it, it was just weird when the the curtain rolls up and all of a sudden Janelle Monae's like singing a song and it's like people haven't even really sat down yet at the the theater and we're already kind of getting into the, like I don't know this isn't the Grammys like we don't need that as much as I love Janelle Monae uh, it, it was unnecessary it was cool at times ultimately unnecessary I think a lot of people in the audience were just a little. Confused is probably the wrong word, but it's just a different audience than the Grammys is, and I just think that there needs to be a host. There just needs to be a host, and I love I love when hosts like Ricky Gervais, uh, you know, just kind of poke fun at everybody. Um, and of course, he's probably more fit to be the Golden Globe host than he would be for the Oscars anyway. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead and just get the recap uh, of the night overall. We're gonna go through every award. Think what uh go kind of. You know, discuss what I wanted to win, what I was hoping would win, um, versus what I predicted would win. First, we're going to start off with original screenplay. So I personally think Marriage Story is probably the best screenplay written all year. Uh, I think that dialogue in that movie is so utterly real uh, and resonant with anybody who's ever been in a relationship course i'd never been married before but that's uh I, I just found it so real their chemistry together uh the charisma that both of them had and particularly some of the argument scenes i thought were just really well done so i was kind of pulling for marriage story but i did predict correctly that parasite would win and they did and that turned out to be the first of many uh that parasite would take home so i was hoping marriage story would win I did predict Parasite, and I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had an outside chance, especially how much the Academy loves Quentin in that category. Um, moving on, though, to adapted screenplay. So here's where I actually thought the only, I think this is the only category the Irishman had a legitimate shot of winning. Um, I think people really love that screenplay. It is a, it is a well-written screenplay. I think it's the best part of the movie even more so than Scorsese's directing or Pesci and Pacino and De Niro's acting or the cinematography or any of that. Um, I personally predicted a little women. I thought the whole uproar about Greta not being nominated for director would mean many people would vote for her in the writing category. I was wrong. Um, and, you know, I, I believe I have my second slot there uh, for Jojo Rabbit. Um, I wanted jojo rabbit to to win personally uh i thought joker had a shot uh and i i thought little women would end up coming home with it but 
my hope with Jojo Rabbit was correct. Jojo takes it home. Uh, that was cool. Taika had a nice little speech there, although I think he, you know, looking back, he probably would have preferred him writing something down and kind of just looking back at his notes because I think he stumbled a couple of times. Um, but ultimately, I'm pretty happy that Jojo won that category. Moving on to visual effects. So this is this is this is the common thing with the Academy, and this is what you have to remember with this category specifically, is that it's not often the best visual effects. They typically award the film that's nominated for a lot of the other categories. Most of the time, it's the one that's actually you know up for Best Picture or has a shot at winning Best Picture, and they did give it to 1917. One of the only few awards in 1917 won the entire night. Um, but personally, even though I love the visual effects and all that stuff in 1917, I thought this, I mean, that was probably the fourth best in this category. I mean, you had Star Wars and, and Avengers Endgame clearly at the top in my book. Uh, Lion King also right up there, then probably 1917, and at the end, uh, Irishman, because I didn't find those visual effects really well done at all. Um, but, uh, you know, in my ballot that I tweeted out, I, I did have... Um, 1917 winning this category um, but I was hoping that they would give it to Avengers of course uh, because ultimately I think the Avengers probably has the best uh, you know visual effects out of any other film in this category um, so moving on here next category being sound mixing we're kind of bunch sound mixing and editing together because I just personally predicted the 1917 for both because again much like visual effects it's a category where the academy just kind of they just kind of give it to the film that is nominated for a lot of the other categories is up for best picture so of course every film in this category is nominated for best picture aside from Ad Astra um you know, when you think about it, when I love the way the Oscars do that, where they have the sound mixing and editing up there, uh, and then they show like the brief clips of the film without the dialogue and just kind of the sound. I love listening to that type of stuff. It's fascinating. Um, and a lot of these films had fantastic sound design. Um, I thought Ford v Ferrari probably uh, deserved both of them. I, it's tough to say. Um, but I was I was certainly rooting for 1917 because I just I wanted them to win as many awards as they could, um, but of course it's split with Ford v Ferrari. So sound mixing goes to 1917, and sound editing goes to Ford v Ferrari. All right, moving on to short film live action, one of the most stacked categories all year. And um, yeah, I mean this is this is how you know, and I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast. But this is how you know that the film industry is not uh, desperate. Is probably the the wrong term, but they they're not desperate for original stories. I mean, they are, but there are there's full categories on this list of of nominees that extremely original feature films. Uh, that are just not feature length. They're short films, both in the animated and live action. And I'm sure the documentary short category had some too. It's the, the category I've seen the least uh, films in. Um, but live action short. So personally, I did think the Brotherhood was going to win. It seemed like the category, the, the film with the most 
critical acclaim behind it. I thought Nefta Football Club was by far the most clever film of all of them. Um, Neighbors Window was absolutely fantastic. It, the last five minutes definitely changed my opinion on the entire film. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Soraya. Uh, that film was devastating. Definitely never want to watch that film again, but it was definitely moving as well. Uh, and my favorite film probably out of the bunch uh, was A Sister. I thought that was also very clever, very creative and different and unique, uh, but also thrilling in a, in a film that's only like 20 minutes long, much the same as uh, the film, I believe it was just called Madre last year. The short film, I think it was a French short film, entirely one shot um, just about a mother taking a phone call that would change her life forever, essentially. Similar type premise for this film, uh, and I thought it was really, really well done. One of the best films in the entire year of 2019. Um, so I was hoping that a sister would win, but secretly I was also kind of rooting for the neighbor's window. And they did end up winning, even though I did predict Brotherhood would win. So animated short film, also very stacked. Uh, daughter, which is you know, spelled D-C-E-R-A, uh, which is, I can't remember what country that's from, um, but that's, that was a very well-done film, even though I didn't really connect to the story, but I loved the actual animation of it. Hair Love, of course, plenty of critical acclaim, very accessible. It was free online right now. Uh, Kit Bull, the Disney Plus, wonderful film about the, uh, the kitten and the dog uh, who kind of unite on bad terms come together for both their greater goods sister which is a film that has a kind of a secret meaning uh and and really also um, very emotional towards the end um, but could be politically controversial but not with the academy but just overall uh memorable uh also very well done it's tough to connect to the animation style but at the same time the story was was very well done so I was hoping that Kitball would win, but I did predict Hair Love would win, and it did. Uh, moving on to film production design. So we got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So production design, I actually thought they were going to give it to Parasite. I, I do think that production design in that film is very well done. But if we're looking at a film that did it just as good, but on a bigger scale... Because with Parasite, it's great, but there's really only two sets. There's the house set, and then, and of course, like the house itself could be a couple of different sets, um, depending on what room you're in. Uh, there's the house set, and there's also uh, the uh, the apartment uh, that gets flooded later on in the film. Uh, so a couple different houses of sorts. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I mean, they shut down blocks. They completely changed the time period of certain parts of the film um of course the cars i mean basically everything you could possibly imagine once upon a time in hollywood makes you feel like you're truly in hollywood in 1969 uh so certainly well deserving and i was rooting for it and it won even though i did predict parasite moving on music original song so i guess this is this is a good time to mention the couple of performances slash surprises i actually loved that rap that the guy had that was also in britney runs a marathon i thought that was pretty creative i loved the surprise that we had that eminem all of a sudden came out and and it, it 
you know, performed Lose Yourself in front of everybody, that that was really well done, even as much as Martin Scorsese might not, you know, be okay with that from what the picture showed. <laughs> I think they totally caught him in the wrong, uh, wrong place, wrong time there with that picture of him almost sleeping. Uh, but I thought it was kind of cool. Like, for some reason, Eminem didn't come accept his Oscar for Lose Yourself. He didn't perform the song at that Academy Awards back in 2003, um, 2002, whatever it was. But I found it kind of cool that they just invited him back to kind of celebrate the songs of this year, even though none of his songs had really anything to do with any of the nominees, except for his ties to Elton John from... Uh, playing stand together uh, during the Grammys all those years ago Uh, and of course I did predict I'm gonna love me again uh, would win because it was really the only obvious choice I guess in in the category if you didn't have um, no place like home Glasgow from uh, Wild Rose then I mean what else are you gonna choose here so that was original song yeah, let's just make sure. What did I predict for original song? Yes, okay. So I was I was predicting um, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, but I thought Into the Unknown probably deserved it. And I actually really loved that performance by Dia Menzel and a bunch of different uh, singers from across the country singing parts of the song. I thought that was really, really awesome. Um, okay, moving on to score. So this one I do feel pretty passionate about because I love the Rise of Skywalker score, of course. I love the Marriage Story score, although it's it's definitely less um, showy, if you will. Uh, I loved the 1917 score, of course. The Little Women score is solid, but Despot has had his time uh, winning this category a couple times in the last 10 years. Uh, and then, of course, Hilder's score for Joker was riveting. Uh, and really, it, it stays with you after the film for sure. So she's definitely deserving, but I was pulling for 1917. And I ultimately did predict uh, that 1917 would win it. For some reason, I thought they were going to give Newman his his, um, his score finally. But I don't even think he showed up to the event. Um, so let me see here. What are we moving on to now? Makeup and hairstyling. So, predictably, it went to Bombshell. I think it's the showiest makeup uh, of the entire thing. If you if you kind of put aside the the one makeup and hairstyle you have for Joker, really, everything else is kind of just a regular hairstyle. Judy, I mean, you have some there with Renee Zellweger, but not much. Maleficent, Mistress to Beautiful, that was never going to win. The movie's terrible. They're not going to do it again like they did with Suicide Squad and give that film an Oscar, even though everybody hated it. In 1917, I just didn't think it was, it, it required as much, and I it, I hate saying this, but I didn't think it required as much work as the other categories, or the other nominees in the category. Bombshell just, it felt like the, the most fitting win when you have Charlize Theron completely transformed, uh, and of course John Lithgow as, um, God, what is his name? Doesn't even matter. He's, a, he's an absolute monster anyway, so we don't need to remember that character. Um, let's go. Moving on to International Feature Film. The recently changed International Feature Film name was once Foreign Language Film. Uh, so you have the nominees here, which I just scrolled past for some reason. Okay. Parasite, of course, won it. That was a, a walk in the park. Pain and Glory, Les Mis, Honeyland, and Corpus Christi. I, the only one I haven't seen is Corpus Christi, uh, the Poland, Polish film. Uh, Honeyland was, was solid. 
and I haven't seen Les Mis either. Wow, my bad. Uh, Pain and Glory was solid. Parasite was pretty excellent, so obviously I'm happy with that, and I predicted it as well. Film editing. So this one, deservedly so, went to Ford v. Ferrari, especially if you don't have 1917 in this category, even though there wasn't a ton of editing in that film, or at least you wouldn't think as much as there is. Uh, Parasite, I thought that had a shot. I really did. There are some fantastic, fantastic editing choices in Parasite. I thought it could win, but deservedly so, and I did think would eventually win was Ford v. Ferrari. And the Irishman's editing, to me, it's just it's it's not actually a well edited film, so I don't know why that was even nominated. All right, so the 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 category here, documentary short, the one that I have seen the least amount of films in, uh, learning to skate, learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you're a girl, that was the one I predicted to win because that's the one I heard most about. Uh, I did watch Life Overtakes Me on Netflix, pretty unsettling and just kind of uncomfortable to watch rightly so um but yeah i i, I thought learning the skateboard was gonna win and it did documentary so i've seen every single film in this category except for the cave uh which i did hear good things about but it felt a, very similar to force sama uh and um a couple other films this year uh honeyland of course i was hoping force sama would win and i thought it deserved to win uh, but American Factory was just as good almost. Uh, and I think it just was more accessible for the audience that, that is mostly voting on the Oscars. Um, okay, moving on. Directing. So I believe we're getting into you know the big ones here. Um, so directing. I knew Scorsese didn't have a chance. Quentin probably didn't have a chance. Todd Phelps didn't have a chance. It was always between Sam Mendes and Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho wins. This third Academy Award of the Night he won after foreign language film, or I'm sorry, international feature film and original screenplay. He deserved to win it, but uh, I also think Sam Mendes deserved it a little bit more. And you could tell by his reaction to Bong winning that he was he was a little upset by it because uh, Sam came home empty. All right. Costume design. I thought this was the one that the woman had the best shot of winning, and of course it did. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, ultimately deserves it over Little Women. Those those costumes in that film are iconic. They're absolutely iconic. Cliff Booth. Um, I mean, yeah, just the jacket that he wears when he's on top fixing the roof. I mean, come on. That's, that's great stuff. All right. Cinematography. There's really no need to talk about this category. The one that was above and beyond was obviously 1917, and it won second oscar in three years for roger deakins pretty happy for him because it's it had been too long uh for so long it had, ta- it had taken him so long to win one so that was certainly well deserving animated feature film of course i was pulling for how to train a dragon the hidden world you guys all know that that was my favorite film of last year one of my favorite films of the decade uh i did watch i lost my body before the oscars uh last week uh, and i thought it was actually really well done as well um klaus was what do i say i i I like half of it i think it's a cute film but it's not it's not something i'm ever gonna watch again probably uh i wasn't really a fan of the first half i think it picks up towards the 
the end, the last 30, 40 minutes or so, but eh. Missing Link is very forgettable as much as I admire the uh, the animation of it. And Toy Story 4 uh, was definitely deserving, and I predicted to win, and of course it won, because it's Toy Story 4. Everybody loves Toy Story. I just didn't think... There was a push for the Netflix films, but I didn't really think uh, that they had a legitimate shot. All right, moving on to Best Supporting Actress. I thought this category might have been the one time that there was that outside chance that there was going to be an upset. Kathy Bates really wasn't going to win. Florence Pugh probably wasn't going to win. Margot Robbie was good in Bombshell. I just don't think she was great. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, though, was devastating in Jojo Rabbit. I thought there was that outside chance that maybe she beats her co-star in Marriage Story for this one in Jojo. Uh, But, of course, Laura Dern wins and gives probably the best speech of the night thanking her parents at the end. I mean, I teared up, to be honest, uh, at the end. So um, props to Laura Dern for finally winning one because it's certainly well-deserved after all these years. Actor in a supporting role. I mean, I've been saying this all award season. And since the summer when I did those mid-year Oscar predictions, if it, if, if Robert Downey Jr. was never going to be nominated for Avengers Endgame, there's no other person, and even if he was, there's really no other person this year that deserved an Oscar more than Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And really, at this point, it's for his entire career. So, another great speech by Brad. Love seeing him on the stage again. All right, leading actress. Goes to Renee is, it was always an obvious choice. The only one that really had a shot, once again, was Scarlett Johansson, but I just don't think there was a marriage story. There just wasn't a push for that film. Other than Laura Dern, there just wasn't. There was never really any other actress that, that uh, was pushed. I mean, Saoirse Ronan, great in, in Little Women. Charlize Theron, very good in Bombshell. Uh, Cynthia Revo, very good in Harriet. Just, there was never, it was never close. Uh, actor in a leading role. Yeah, ben, Banderas and, and Price uh, never really had a shot to me. This was between... Somehow, maybe there was that outside chance. People were voting for DiCaprio again, uh, but probably not. It was between Driver and Phoenix. And I, If we were ever going to see the, the final vote, I, I, don't, I don't think that that vote was really close. It was Joaquin Phoenix. All the acting awards this year were pretty much done with before the awards even started. All right, finally... On to Best Picture. Once again, my personal ranking of Best Pictures would be at number 9, I would have Joker. At number 8, I would have The Irishman. At number 7, I would have Little Women. At number 6, I would have Ford v. Ferrari. At number 5, I would have Parasite. 4, Marriage Story. 3, Jojo Rabbit. 2, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And number 1, I would have 1917. But that's what makes this great because I would have been happy if any of my top five won the Oscar. Could have been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would have been thrilled. I would have been very happy if it was 1917. I would have been shocked, but I also would have been pretty happy if it was Marriage Story or even Jojo Rabbit and end up being Parasite. Oscar history, the first international feature film outside, outside, outside of speaking English films that has ever won the Oscar for Best Picture. Just a a landmark night for cinema. Ultimately, a really great thing for years to come, especially after they gave Green Book the the win last year. 
Um, so that's my personal opinion. I'm just happy we saw the entire cast and everybody uh, on stage. I thought that was the coolest moment of the night, especially when, when ABC was ready to cut the broadcast short when not everybody had spoken yet from the film. And the entire front row, led by Tom Hanks and Charlie Theron, were like, no, turn the lights back on. And they raised their hand, and they did. And they, they gave them more time uh, to talk there at the end. So just a, a very, very well done Oscars. Even if uh, they really, really do need a host next year. That's all I got to say. They got, they got to get a host next year. All right. Anyway, that's that's going to be it for the show this week. Um, back to the usual schedule this week. I don't know. I, I didn't really feel like talking about Birds of Prey, even though I did see that on Thursday. I still got to kind of sort out my feelings of what what exactly. Do I really like it? Do I not really like it at all? Do I love parts of it? Do I hate other parts? I don't know. I, I still got to kind of think through uh, the, the thoughts of that overall. So maybe we'll talk Birds of Prey next week, but... For this week, have an Oscar-filled weekend again. Anyway, that's the show.